Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. Out of the 100,000 podcasts in the world, why should you listen to this one? I'm Paul Casey, and welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast. Wanting to give you practical, personal leadership value from the get-go, today in the inaugural episode one, I want to share some of my top growth habits. Which ones do you already do? Which ones could you make into a goal for this year? You ready to grow forward? Happy New Year, and thank you for listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. While this podcast is about helping you be successful, I want to kick off episode one with a little about me, and then for the rest of the duration of these podcasts, it's all about you. Hope that sounds good. So a little bit about me. I'm Paul. Okay, that's good. Let's keep moving. All right, I'll give you a little bit more about me. So uh, I'm not Paul Casey, the golfer. There's a professional golfer named Paul Casey, and he's got paulcasey.com. Uh, I'm paulcasey.org. So I do get misconstrued for that. I'm just Paul Casey, the duffer. Do like golf, but uh, I would never match that guy uh, in, in a PGA event. So I grew up in Chicago, a suburb of Chicago, a little town called Oak Forest. And I went to college then in Florida, Pensacola, Florida became an elementary school teacher in Southern California in a town called Simi Valley. And now I live in the Evergreen State, the beautiful state of Washington. I'm on the east side, not the Seattle side, but the Spokane side down in this little corner, southeast corner called the Tri-Cities. You might've heard of Walla Walla or Yakima before, but uh, we're over here on the east side. Love it over here. I am married to lovely Laura. And I have two adult children named after state capitals, by the way. Yeah, Austin and Cheyenne. That wasn't that wasn't intentional, the state capital thing. But uh, if we would have had a third, it would have been easy, like Lincoln or Madison, I think, are the only two that would have worked with Casey. Tallahassee Casey probably sounds more like a country singer instead. I uh, also have two adult stepchildren. And we have a puppy, a brand new puppy, and his name is Gizmo. And so we are in that whole puppy stage, which is like having a baby again. But he, he's a cutie, Lhasa Apso. Uh, like a few hobbies as well, just to tell you that. So I do like golf, uh, even though I'm not the professional golfer. And now I'm into virtual golf. Yeah, where you just hit the ball into a screen and uh, the AI you know, tells you how well you did. So that's my winter hobby. I love hiking. I love reading. I read close to 50 books a year. I got to 50 in 2021, and it's all nonfiction. <laughs> that may sound boring to many of you, but it's all about personal growth and leadership because I want to be the best for you that I can be and give you what's current. So let's talk. I'll just talk about my career story here very briefly. So like I said, I started out as an elementary school teacher in fifth grade, and I probably was, I was thinking to myself, that's, that would have been my career for the rest of my life. My parents were teachers and I knew all the dirt about being a teacher and how hard it was. And I still wanted to be one. So education is definitely in my blood. After a couple of years, I was promoted to vice principal 
uh, my, my boss saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. He saw some leadership in there. And I said, well, okay, if you think I can do it. So I taught, uh, I, I came to school with a suit coat on and halfway through the day, I taught PE for the third through sixth graders. So I got to see all the, the children in the school, all the students. And that was a fun uh, variety job for sure. Uh, we moved up here to Washington State where I then became an elementary school principal at the ripe young age of 26. And everybody was older than me, the teachers, the uh, superintendent, the school board, and all the parents. And I didn't even have a child yet. And so that was quite the leadership journey for me. After uh, several years in a couple of schools, I became a family pastor at a church where I got to help parents with their parenting skills, did some premarital education, officiate weddings. Then I became an executive pastor, which is sort of like being a principal at a church without the children. Um, and then somewhere along the line in that career journey, it was about 2011, I had this dream inside me start welling up. The dream was to become an entrepreneur. So I had always been an intrapreneur. I don't know if you've heard that term before, but it's like being an entrepreneur within uh, your day job and being this creative person who wants to solve problems and, and help people and uh, you know birth new things. And so I always had that in me, but it's like, you know what? I still want to take it to the next level. I have a big dream. I wonder if I could do it. I took a guy to coffee, he had a business card in a coffee shop, and it said life coach. And I went, well, it sounds sort of woo woo, but I'm going to, I'm going to check it out. So I had coffee with the guy. He told me what a life coach was. And I went, oh, that is exactly what I love to do. I love helping people get unstuck and to the next step and to their goals and vision for their life. I already do that automatically with friends and family and even strangers. So I thought, hmm. I wonder if that's an actual career. Well, I learned what the average life coach made and thought, oh, I don't know if that could feed my family. So then I thought, well, I'd already been speaking to teacher conventions in seven different regions here in the West. And I love giving practical ideas to other teachers so that they can implement it immediately when they got back from the conference in their classroom with their students. That was a blast for me to do. They had me develop six new seminars every year. So I finally I had like 45 or 50 seminars by the time I was done with that. So I thought, hmm, maybe if I start a business that has coaching as one aspect and speaking and training as another aspect, I already love both of those things. Uh, how could I still make a career of this? So I added team building as a third leg of the stool of my business because I always love going to retreats. I don't know if your company takes you on a retreat once or twice a year where you get off site. I know in COVID, it's been very difficult to have those. The smaller the company, the more free, I think uh, people still do that. And the larger the company, it's just been a no-no for the last couple of years. But I have always loved getting off site for relationship building, for strategic planning. We come back knowing each other better as a team bonding, and then coming back with a plan that we can implement when we get back into it for the next quarter or the next year. So I love facilitating that as well. So I thought I'm going to make a business of those three things, seminar speaking, coaching, and team building. 
And so I decided to launch. The year was 2015. I resigned from my job at the end of 2014. And on January 1st of 2015, there I was, entrepreneur Paul, and starting to freak out just a little bit. Year one was very difficult uh, because I had to just start networking like crazy here in the Tri-Cities and try to figure out if I could get some clients. So I'm shaking hands, passing out my brand new spanking new business card, trying to direct them to my website and uh, have some fun with uh, trying to get business. And it just didn't happen right off the bat. So I had to get two part-time jobs in year one. And uh, they were great because they were still in line with what I wanted to do with my life until I got in year two, the anchor client. I call an anchor client a bigger business that either puts you on retainer or sends you a whole bunch of people to, uh, to coach. And I did got one of those clients here locally that sent me eight people to coach, which has turned into 25 over the years. And then I knew I could resign from those two part-time jobs. And I haven't looked back since. Wow. What a ride it has been. So that's the scope of my business. And I've written uh, now five little books. They're, they're probably more than an ebook, but less than a, like a book book, but they're still a book, right? And uh, I have my own local podcast and have other little products and that's the scope. And so this podcast is just an extension of all that because I want to impact as many people as possible. You know, in fact, let me, I want to share with you my personal mission statement. I don't know if you have one of these. This might be one of your goals for the year ahead is develop a personal mission statement made famous by Stephen Covey years ago. It is to add value to others through equipping, encouraging words, servant leader actions, and a contagious passion to honor God with my life. So I've taken a lot of assessments. I don't think I've met an assessment I don't like. So I've got all these in my back pocket, ready to use with clients. And uh, anytime you want to reach out to me and ask for a, a link to assessments, uh, I'd be happy to, to share those with you. But as a result of those assessments, I got very clear on who I am as a person. So that personal mission statement that I shared with you is a blend of uh, my, my talents, my passions, my personality style, my strengths, and uh, some of my, the vision for my life. So I put all those into a statement, which is the hardest part, I think, of writing a personal mission statement. Maybe you even tried it before and you're like, yeah, I, the, the last part of putting it into a sentence, that's the hardest part. And truly, it is the hardest part. But once you have it, you can use it as a filter for opportunities in your life. Something comes in from the side. Like one time I had somebody say, hey, Paul, would you serve as a, a representative of the faith community and getting a lo local superior court judge uh, position? created here in our area. And so I bounced it off my mission statement after buying some time to think about it. And it didn't fit like I can't add value in this. I can't equip anybody. Sure, I can always be a servant leader. I don't have a contagious passion for it. Somebody, I'm glad somebody does. Uh, so I actually politely declined the offer. So a personal mission statement is helpful for bouncing opportunities uh, off of to see what makes it through to your life and what doesn't. My, my vision statement is to do my best with the gifts God has given me to make this world a better place, to keep growing forward, leaving people better than I found them, being a pleasure to God. So a vision statement is a little bit more forward focused. You never really get there, but you're always gunning for it, right? You're always reaching for that. It gets you out of bed in the morning. It's like, yes, I get to do this today. 
So that has been a huge motivator for me and it's on the wall right here in front of me in my office. So personal mission, personal vision. Let me just also wanna share some values and principles with you because I'm guided by principles. And one of those is uh, loving and pleasing Jesus Christ. So that's my number one motivator. Number two is to add value and equip as many people as possible. Thank you for letting me into your life for this episode. Uh, third would be to refresh others. And then I will in turn be refreshed myself. Sort of this awesome boomerang effect. Servant leadership is the only leadership is number four. And I want to stay passionate about everything I do is number five. So those are some of my guiding principles in life. So think about, do you have a mission statement? Do you have a vision statement? Do you have some guiding principles or values uh, through which to decide how to live your life? I call my business Growing Forward Services. And so I wanted to tell you why I named my business that and also why this podcast is named Grow Forward Today. So it's a personal core value of mine is growth. I'm a coach and traditionally coaches are forward focused people helpers, right? There are therapists, there are mentors, there are consultants. I'm a coach. So I have a forward focus mentality when I'm helping any of my clients. Uh, it's sort of like the old metaphor of the windshield is bigger than the rear view mirror, right? It's probably for a reason. The windshield is the forward focus. The rear view mirror is just once in a while glancing back there to see what information I can glean about what has been behind me. I also have found that a lot of people in life like to yell at the closed door. The closed door is the past behavior or the past thing, circumstances that have been uh, beleaguering them for a long time. And instead of yelling at the closed door, I want to open the door and help people grow forward because I don't want anyone to be a victim in life. I really believe that every day we can choose to grow forward. So hence the name Grow Forward Today podcast. Our podcast is going to be all about personal leadership development. And I don't know if you've heard those three words in the same sentence. You've probably heard of personal growth and you've probably heard of leadership development, but personal leadership development is what I want to niche on in this podcast. So if you're all about these things, please continue listening in. Why is it so important, personal leadership development? Well, I believe personal leadership development precedes team leadership. I mean, how can you expect to lead your team, whether that's your family at home or your team at work or as a volunteer, how can you expect to lead them further than a journey that you have gone on yourself? So that's, that's ultimately why your core must be strong. Okay, my, my trainer, my personal trainer works with me, you know, with crunches and, uh, you know, V-ups and all those things to help my core of my body be strong. So it takes some pressure off some of the other parts like my back or uh, my hamstrings. So the core has to be very strong. And for us, there's just too much stress in our lives to not have a strong core. And so personal leadership development helps us because out of the abundance of that strength, that inner strength that we have, that's going to come out our mouth. That's going to come out through our behavior. Leaders also that I have known in the past have shot themselves in the foot. You know what that, um, that metaphor is, right? So it's, uh, there's out of no consequence or influence of other people, they've sort of taken a gun out and shot themselves in the foot. And that means they've, they've made an action to disqualify themselves. They have crashed and burned because they didn't have the personal leadership fortitude 
in order to withstand whatever was coming at them. And finally, why personal leadership is important, because it's the key to everything. Okay, that's sort of a big deal, right? Because what you think about becomes the direction you head, which then leads to the extent of impact you leave on your world and the satisfaction you have in your life. Let me say that again. It, it is the key to everything. What you think about becomes the direction you head, which leads to the extent of impact you leave on the world and the satisfaction you have in your life. So what do I hope to achieve with this podcast? Well, it's sort of like how I drink my Starbucks Frappuccinos, which is uh, just a little bit of coffee and a lot of chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I like it more like a milkshake than I do a coffee drink. So I like to have a little bit of philosophy and a lot of practical application. So if you like people just talking for the sake of talking, okay, this might not be the podcast for you. But if you actually want things that you can implement into your life, and then and to the people that you're trying to influence, this is the podcast for you. So I'm going to be interviewing guests who are leading themselves well, yet they're still humble enough to know that they're a work in progress, just like me. Topics, we're going to choose personal leadership development topics that you can master with a lot of work over time. And I want it to be applicable to whatever season of life you're in or whatever leadership possession you possess now or that you aspire to if you're an early career person. And then at the end of each podcast, I'd like to do a quick wrap up with the takeaways that I personally learned or was reminded of because I believe podcast hosts get the pet, get free coaching <laughs> from their guests. I've heard a lot of podcast hosts say that, and I also want that benefit. So I'm going to think out loud of what I learned from the guest. And I hope that just by doing that quick summary at the end, that it might be something like, yeah, I'm going to grab onto that as well. Cause maybe I tuned out for a moment. I listen to podcasts personally when I'm exercising. So there are moments where I miss something a guest has said, and I have to rewind. So what's in it for you? as the listener. Why should you care and listen each week to the Grow Forward Today podcast? Well, here's a few reasons. You get grounded in who you are as a leader. You're saying, well, Paul, I don't have a leadership position. Well, you don't yet, but you have influence and leadership is influence. And it's going to help you as you get grounded in who you are, like that personal mission, vision, and values to give you those skills to be more self-aware. There is a shortage of people nowadays that have self-awareness. Have you noticed this? Uh, they just have no idea the wake they're leaving behind their boat. And it's a mess. And other people are gossiping about them behind their back because they don't have the awareness to know that uh, they're leaving a mess behind them. But when you get grounded in who you are and you have the humility that goes with that, when you nail down your values, uh, it just builds confidence. In yourself. In fact, that's the second reason why I think uh, you should continue listening to this podcast. You're going to build self-confidence because there's going to be guest advice that you're going to concur with. And you'll be like, hey, I'm on the right track with that. I already do that. That's cool. Or you're going to hear something from uh, my guests that'll be like, well, I need to make a tweak to get on the right track. Because if successful people are doing that habit, then I probably should be doing that habit. I know when I listen to a podcast and a guest shares a strategy that I'm already doing, I smile even while I'm exercising on the elliptical, you know, I'm like, Hey, I already do that. That's one of the habits that I have. And then when it's something I don't practice, 
I run back to the car, you know, after the workout and I get out my pad of paper, which I have everywhere. And I write down that idea. And I think about it at my next personal retreat, which of course, we'll talk about that as the podcast goes on. A third reason why you should care and listen into this podcast is you're going to hear who is at the next level and practically what it takes to get there. Yeah. Each guest that I bring on is a wise sage, you know, they call it the, the sage on the stage, a wise sage who passes on tips for personal success. Some are still early in their career. Some have been around and they're in their retirement years and have a whole list of successes behind their name. And what I'm going to try to do is, is draw it out of them. I'm going to try to grab those practical tips so that I can pass those on to you. In fact, that's why I got into podcasting in the first place. I said, I have a, I have a local podcast here called the Tri-Cities Influencer, and I interview local guests, local leaders. And the reason I did that is because years ago, I heard John Maxwell say that he used to do leader lunches, or he would take a leader to lunch. He'd pay for their lunch. I think he even gave him $100. And he said, can I just ask you questions for an hour? And of course, they always said yes. And he honored their time with $100 and paying for lunch. Okay, I haven't done the $100 thing, but I have paid for their lunch. And I picked their brain until I gleaned so much from them. So the podcast, the local one that I started, was just letting everybody listen in to the questions I would typically ask a leader at a leader lunch. And I thought, what a better way to have output and not just input, which my coach always bugs me to do. More output, less of the input. <laughs> if you're a learner, you know what I mean, right? You could just keep reading and reading and reading and filing and filing good ideas and just sort of hoarding all that. And you're not turning around and pushing it out to others in your life or in the world. So I'm trying to do that with this podcast. Another reason to keep listening in is you have more tools in your personal leadership tool belt. Yes, that's going to help you grow, but you're also going to pass those tools on to others on your team. Yeah, you're going to be able to pass those on. So then when you're in a one-to-one -one with a direct report and they bring up a struggle, it's like, oh, I listened to this GFT podcast. And one of those episodes, Paul or his guest talked about this tool that they use for just this situation. And you're going to look like the sage on the stage because you're going to be able to direct them to that website or that tool or do that little exercise with them that's going to help them get unstuck. One last reason why I think you should keep listening into this podcast is you're going to start figuring out what voices to listen to more often in your life. We all have a choice of what voices we listen to. Some are really nasty voices in our head, our inner critic that often goes crazy, uh, beating us up and condemning ourselves and saying how no good we are. Uh, and, and you don't have to raise your hand on this, uh, but we know who we are, right? And so we can't listen to that voice. We've got to eject that CD and put in a different CD. And when you hang around the right people, and you listen to the right sources of input, it starts changing your brain. You start training your brain to think the right way. So these guides that I'm going to bring on the show are going to help you in your growth journey to be the best version of yourself. And your network, I believe, is a huge aspect of your success. Who you surround yourself with is is a direct correlation to your success in life. If you've got the uh, negative Neds and Nellies, sorry if that's your name, I, that's nothing personal, uh, but they often can pull you down and make you just 
pull back and say, yeah, you know, I'm not going to do that. Oh yeah, that is too risky. That's going to take too much personal investment in that. So then you pull back. But if you hang around go-getters, people that are reaching for that next thing, it's almost like you can, uh, your boat goes up with the rising tide, right? Rising tide lifts all boats, that quote. You get in their updraft and you just get to rise with them. So a lot of mentors that I've had in my life, and maybe you too, through podcasts and books are from afar. Like I will never have met that person, right? They're mentors from afar, but they have changed my life. They have given me at key moments in my life, just that practical tip that I needed to make a change to get me closer to my goals and the vision that I have, or that big dream that was inside me. So again, what are some of the reasons to listen to this podcast? Let me review them very quickly. You get grounded in who you are. You become more self-aware as a result of listening to these guests, and you're going to nail down your values. You're going to build self-confidence as you concur with the guest advice that you're already doing, but also you're going to make some tweaks to your life to, uh, to stay more in line with your values. You're going to hear who's at the next level and practically what it takes to get there is I'm going to try to draw that out for your benefit and also my own benefit selfishly, right? Um, you're going to have more tools in your leadership tool belt, which is going to help you grow, but then you're going to be able to be this cool boss or leader to pass those on to other people. And then also you're going to start figuring out what voices to listen to more often. You're going to choose some mentors. And I hope you go to their podcast or you follow them uh, on their social media or you read their books because I want to prop them up and say, hey, this is perfect. We, we need to listen to these folks if you are heading on this part of your growth journey as we hit that topic. All right, we're going to go to a quick break here in a moment. And I'm going to return with some of my favorite growth habits, because I want to leave you with some value, even in episode one today. So stay tuned, come right back. And I'm going to give you some of those and we'll wrap up at the end. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye. Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team within Bullseye. There are plug and play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and of course, interaction with Paul and other industry team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today. Welcome back. So glad that you've joined us here for episode one. And I want to take the second half of our show to give you some of my favorite growth habits. Just starting out with value right out of the chute because it's the new year and it is time to set goals, not New Year's resolutions. 
Yes, I'm sorry. I'm a coach. So I don't believe in New Year's resolutions because those are just like well-intentioned wishes that go away by February 1st. But goals, yeah, there we go. Goals are dreams with a deadline. So I'm going to encourage you to set some goals. And maybe one of these growth habits is going to be just what you need to kickstart you into the new year. So I'm going to encourage you to start making small, smart, and hard goals. Now, SMART goals, they've been around for a long time. I think it was the early 70s where that acronym started, S-M-A-R-T. You could probably say them with me. There's been some versions of them, but S is for specific, right? You can't hit a vague target. M is for measurable. We got to know if it's actually done or we're completing it. A is attainable or achievable. We don't want to hit something that's out in the delusional zone. They say it's got to be outside your comfort zone, but inside your delusional zone. So otherwise, that's just defeating before we even start. R is uh, repeatable. I've also heard it, uh, which is like required. And then you have to be able to do it over and over again. And then it's got to be also aligned. And then T is time dated, time conscious, something to do with time. There has to be a deadline on there. And that's when people write goals where they often leave that last step off, the T of smart. They leave the T off and they don't say, oh, by the end of the week, by the end of month one, every 30 days, for 30 minutes a day, there has to be some time element to it. Now, another author uh, named Mark Murphy came up with another acronym called H-A-R-D, HARD. And I thought, well, I'm going to throw that in here along with SMART because this is going to shape our goals even more. A hard goal is H, heartfelt. He said, don't don't start with a goal that you don't have any emotional connection to. Because if you are not emotionally invested in that goal, if it's just a should goal, um, which is just a guilty goal, you're not going to pursue it. Let's be honest. So it's got to be heartfelt. It's got to be animated. That means we need to be able to visualize ourselves doing the goal and completing the goal. If we can't see it, we're probably not going to be able to do it. The R, uh, sort of like SMART, is required. So required for your personal mission, vision, required for your organization's vision, your department's vision at work. And then the D is difficult. Yeah, we don't want to pick a goal that's just a five-minute to-do list action item on our list today. No, it's going to take several steps to get this goal done. We should be able to look back a year from now and go, man, that was a tough goal, but I got her done. I invested a lot of time in that and I feel great about it. I grew through that goal. So smart and hard goals, they're going to help us overcome what they call the plateau trap where we just sort of grow for a while and then we level out. Some people level out for the rest of their lives, right? They get a year older, but they don't get a year wiser. And if you've ever been on a plateau and we all have, and you just know I'm sort of stagnating right here, goals are going to help you push through that as you pursue them. So we got to avoid that plateau trap. And then we have to prioritize well and get them into our calendar. So I'll share that in just a moment. John Maxwell always used to say the secret of success is what you do daily, not once in a while, not going to be a weekend warrior, right? It's got to be something that you do every day. You think about your goal set, you take one step toward it. So let me give you some of my top growth habits today. And again, you can smile if you do it and go, yep, do that one. Uh, Feel great about it. Or it's like, hmm, I've been, I've been debating that for a long time. And I think this is the year to go for it. And we're going to start right away in January. 
Habit number one is to journal for better emotional health. And I know some of you are thinking like, yeah, I'm not a journaler or I've tried it before. Some of you might not even know what journaling is. And you're like, is that a diary? Well, sort of, right? It's, uh, and, and the coolest part is buying the journal. So that would be step one. The action item for this goal is to buy a really cool journal. It could be a moleskin one, all sorts of leather bound or things with empowering messages on the front. That's your theme for the year, but uh, have a cool journal. Let me give you just some things you could put in a journal. Cause maybe you just go blank when I say that, like, yeah, what would I write in a journal? Well, gratefulness, gratitude, right off the bat, every single morning when I get up, the first thing I journal is what I was grateful for from yesterday. And it's never the same. I mean, obviously I'm grateful for air to breathe, grateful for my health today, grateful for my family. So I'll put that in there every so often. I'll sprinkle it through, but I try to get very specific about what about my family? What did I really enjoy about yesterday or what opportunity came my way? Uh, what new client did I get to help yesterday? So gratefulness is one thing you can journal. Your feelings, I know, feelings, right? So it's <laughs> some of us get a little uncomfortable with that, but we all need a place to protest. We all need a place to uh, commiserate, even if it's with ourselves. And we don't want to do it with other people because we don't want to drag them down, especially if it's a negative feeling. It's also positive feelings. I don't know why we often say, we got to share my feelings. It's always negative. No, uh, feelings, positive and negative. This is a place where you can do it and no one's going to read it. It's a private place for you to write down your feelings. And this gets us more in touch with them, which builds emotional intelligence. And that is something that we all need more of in our life. And we're never all there with emotional intelligence. I've also journaled what I'm looking forward today. Now I call it, what would make today a great day? W-W-M-A-T-G-D. I can't even spell it if I do it that way. But in my journal, it's always that way. What would make today a great day? So what am I looking forward to or leaning into? You can chronicle your life. I spent a little bit of time doing that. Chronicling my life from yesterday. Because then when I look back at my journals, and I do look back at them uh, from, from six months earlier to see where I'm at, see if I've missed anything in my year or went, oh, yeah, that happened this year. That was so much fun. Sometimes I'll follow up with a client that I realized, oh, that one fell off the hook. And I've got to go back and meet with that person because I haven't heard from them since. So the chronicle of your life gives you more things to be grateful for. And also it tells you what you've overcome. Um, you can also put things that you've learned. Uh, yesterday. You could have learned it from a book you've read, a quote, something on the radio, a podcast, a sermon, uh, something you've learned from a group you're in or what another person taught you, someone on your team or even your son or daughter, right? We learn from them all the time. Learning experiences get preserved and that invisible thing gets forced into reality. So that's habit number one is journaling. Check or maybe it's something to make into a goal. Number two is to regularly check in with an accountability partner or a success partner. Regularly check in with an accountability partner, or I call them success partners, could be a friend. It's a safe person on whom you can be transparent. This is someone in your life who is for your success. They know all the stuff about you and they love you anyways, right? They want to see you grow. They don't want to, when you're languishing, keep you down. They're not the kind of accomplice that says, yeah, slash their tires, right? No, that, that's called an accomplice, not a friend, because they're not helping you live the best version of you. Uh, they're not drawing out um, the thing in you that gets you to the next step of your life. And 
if we don't have a success partner, what happens is we use those people wrapped around us, like our spouse or partners, our family members, um, our moms and dads, sometimes they become like dump trucks for us to unload on them. And after a while, that's just, it's not good to use that person closest to you as a, a place to unload your dump truck. So we need someone else in our life where we can check in with each other. So this habit has a lot to do with nourishing relationships away from work and away from your family. It's a way to battle loneliness too, which has been a big deal in COVID people saying they're lonelier than ever before. So you schedule like a uh, once a week meal or a social time or a phone call check-in at the least you go back with instant messaging or texting with them to check in with that current or potential friend at success partner. We all need that accountability to get to our goals. I just think we have limited willpower. Sometimes it's called won't power. (laughs) We've got limited willpower in our life and we need accountability to help take us to that next level. That will be the motivator that you need. And you're going to have that encouragement from that person. I would encourage you even to have a, uh, a little list of questions that you go through and you just ask each other. And it's those things that you're working on. And then you could say like, no, I haven't done that yet. And your friend, your success partner would say like, so when are you going to do that? And next week when we check in, you'll have it done by then, right? And uh, sometimes that's just the thing you need because you don't want to go back to that meeting with your tail between your legs saying, no, I didn't do it again. Okay, so we got journaling. We got checking in with a success partner. Number three is take time for solitude. Solitude. Some people call it me time, right? I love the acronyms DDWWAA. So DD stands for divert daily. You need a time every day, which is just your quiet time. Your me time doesn't include anybody else in your life. You're just silent. Some people have a a favorite chair that they sit in quietly in the morning or a porch they sit on. Maybe it's your car time, although that's a little bit distracting because you obviously want to stay on the road. Uh, Maybe you've got a place. uh, There's a place near your work that has a fountain that you can sit by just some beautiful place where you can just have your own time to orient your thoughts. WW stands for withdraw weekly. I would encourage you to do a weekly review every week, which is a little bit longer than the daily one where you sum up and you've got your wins for the week. You celebrate with yourself, if no one else. And you also think about next week and what you need to do to stay on track next week. So a little bit longer quiet time. And then AA is to adjourn annually adjourn annually. So this is scheduling an annual retreat, a personal retreat that it's just you in quiet. You could go to the mountains, you can go to the ocean, you can go to the library, (laughs) you could go uh, somewhere where it's hours at a time, like one or two full days where you take a look at all areas of your life, your relationships, your personal growth, your wellness. And you say, how did I do this year? And what do I need to do next year? I just got to do that for a couple of days. I always do it right around the first of the year. I carve out two full days and it is fantastic. Now I'm a little bit more on the introvert side than the extrovert side. I'm actually an ambivert. I'm the sort of in between those two introvert and extrovert. And uh, in fact, fun fact in, uh, I always take those Myers-Briggs you know, type tests or 16 personalities test. And I've always come out as an I. 
an introvert. And in COVID, I've taken it twice and I've gotten E two times. And I just think it's not coincidental. It's wanting to be with people more often. Uh, I think that's it. I, I think that's why I've shifted a little bit, but typically I'm more introverted. So I love time by myself to read and goal set and plan and uh, do certain activities to study. So solitude can be that place when you do that personal retreat. When you do this, go on a technology fast. <laughs> you know what fasting is, you know, not eating for a period of time uh, in support of a cause or, uh, you know, sort of asking God for wisdom on something. Technology fasts are where you say, I'm not going to look at my iPad. I'm not going to look at my you know, other tablet, my phone, my, uh, my watch, any of these things that are blinking at me and giving me notifications. So when I'm in solitude, I'm truly in solitude. This is a time where you reassess where you are in life and all the areas you can connect with God. If you are a spiritual person, you can read to learn and go deep on a certain topic. You can goal set. Uh, Richard Swenson, a doctor who wrote the book Margin, he said, we all need time to let the dust settle, to evaluate how life is going, to plan for the future, to focus on that which is spiritually authentic. So I'm going to encourage you to take more time for solitude. So journal, uh, success partner, solitude. A fourth one is to practice good boundaries. Ooh, let me settle in on this one for a moment. Practice good boundaries. So boundaries are like uh, a picket fence that goes around your property with a gate. This is an illustration by Henry Cloud and John Townsend, who wrote the book Boundaries. I recommend it to everybody. They have boundaries for with children, boundaries with teens, boundaries for leaders, and so you have this gate and for some people, the gate just swings open and everything comes in and out of your life without any filter. Some people have almost like a gun, a guard wall around with uh, gun turrets and barbed wire uh, and nothing gets into their life because they've usually been wounded so many times they don't let anything in. But having this, this gate that you control is what boundaries is. And then you filter every request for your time through the boundary lens. If you're strong, after you've evaluated your life, you can offer your, yourself. If you're depleted, you don't, because it might put you over the edge. And then you're just going to bleed all over everybody. So that's not going to be helpful. Then truly say that you're going to think about it when someone says, hey, can you do this for me? If the person's a safe person for you, psychologically safe person, you're going to tell them why. Like, yeah, boy, I got all these other things going on right now. And I just think that if I you know, help you with this one thing, it's going to put me in the red, you know, all these things are going to fall off of my plate. Most decisions aren't urgent. So buy yourself some time separate from that ask. And during the break, I'm going to encourage you to stop, look and listen. You're going to stop and think, do I even want to do this? Or am I trying to be a pleaser? What am I going to get from this participation? Right. If I agree to do this, is this going to continue to be rewarding or am I going to start resenting this? It's going to be oppressive in a while. So you're going to stop and think you're going to look at your commitments and count the cost for this commitment. Whatever's coming at you, you're going to look around your life and go, do I have the bandwidth for this? You may even have to go back to that person and say, uh, you know, what is the actual time uh, that's going to be needed in order to do this commitment? Ask for clarification. So you're going to stop, look, and then you're going to listen. You're going to listen to your feelings. Do you find yourself hedging or hesitating? Do you find yourself cornered 
or trapped, like a tightness is in your body somewhere? Do you have a sort of a nervous twitch when you think about doing it? These are all warning signs from inside your body saying, don't do it, don't do it. And that's when you need to put up that boundary. So stop looking, listen by separating yourself from that ass. Because as soon as you say yes, you're all in. You have to take full responsibility and you can't play the blame game after that. You're in. So make the decision without regrets one way or another. Mahatma Gandhi says a no uttered from the deepest conviction is better than a yes merely uttered to please or what is worse to avoid trouble. So we might have to say no in order to grow. Hey, just made up that little rhyme there. Okay. How about another growth habit? Keep trying something new. This might be your goal for this new year is trying something new. Maybe you're just sort of in a rut and you need to reinvent yourself. Have you heard that term before? Reinventing yourself. I went through a very difficult time back in 2006, 2007, and I had the choice whether to stay down and just lament and languish every single day for the rest of my life, or I could reinvent myself and decide, no, I want to flourish with my life. I think somewhere around that time, this idea of a business that was starting to come to me, I started getting more hobbies. I started developing more friendships. Uh, I tried new things. I read about the situation I was in and how to get out of it. I got good counseling during that time. Yeah, I'm not ashamed to say that because I had to reinvent myself. So no matter what you're doing or how long you've been doing it, you could take it to the next level. Now, maybe that new, something new is just, well, it's just a baby rut, you know, a rut that I just got to, I need a new hobby or a therapeutic activity, or I've just got to stimulate my brain more by doing puzzles or Sudoku or, you know, something, or, or maybe you have to truly go outside your comfort zone way more to build your confidence because you find yourself just playing it safe too much. And you don't want to go to your deathbed someday and saying, yeah, I, I played it safe my whole life, right? That's not going to sound like something you want on your tombstone someday. Uh, Mark Sanborn used to write, he wrote a book called The Fred Factor of a, a mail carrier that he had that had a typical mail carrier job, which isn't like, you know, fantastic, but he took it to the next level. You know, he would hide Mark's packages, you know, that he would get from Amazon in a place where people would steal them. He would bundle his mail if he knew Mark was on a speaking engagement. He did all these like little niceties that he was not told that he had to do as a mail carrier. And so Mark ended up bringing him on tour with them when he would talk about the Fred factor. And he actually wrote a book about this guy named Fred. Fred just sits there in the front row like, hey. <laughs> and uh, he, was just, he was just talking about how we can reinvent ourselves and take it to the next level. So try something new. I literally have made a tool. It's very simple. It has 12 months on it. You can do this on a napkin. 12 months on it. And it says something new that I'm going to try every month. So at least you'll have 12 things that you're going to try, even if you drive home a different way, you know, or try a different soft drink or, <laughs> or uh, you're going to, you're going to try an experience that you've never had before. At the end of the year, you'll at least have 12. All right. How about prioritizing your life according to your values? This is a time management principle. I love talking about time management because our whole lives are within this context of time. And we tend to put the things that we want to do for our personal vision and why we're on this planet. We put those last. We put those like, oh, as time allows, I will do these uh, fun things, or I will do these things with my family or with my friends, or uh, I'll take better care of myself someday. 
And my, my daughter made a little sign for me in the office that says there are seven days in a week and someday isn't one of them. <laughs> I love that. So I saved a, she was going to throw it away. She made it for art class. And I'm like, nope, I want that for my wall because that is on message with Grow Forward today. We don't want to have regrets later in life. And we don't want to push the things that are most important to us to the side. So we've got to manage our time according to our values and our vision. We just have to. I get to speak on time management to a lot of podcasts because uh, it's just something that's come naturally over time. I've written a book called Maximizing Every Minute, uh, which has a whole bunch of these time management principles in it. And I, I don't want to skip over the very first point because people are like, oh, give me the tips and tricks for managing my time. Hey, I'm happy to do that. We'll have a lot of fun talking about that, but we don't want to skip over step one, which is determining your most important priorities overall and making sure that we manage our time around those values and your vision. Because if you lead in congruence with who you are, your values, your strengths, your passions, and what your priorities are, you're going to enjoy your job so much more and stay in it for the long haul. You're going to enjoy your life so much more because it's going to give you that satisfaction. But if you live in dissonance with your values, dissonance is that musical term that's like, ah, uh, and then, uh, you're like, oh, I couldn't listen to a song that was just a little bit flat, you know, the whole song. That's, that's the life we choose when we don't live in accordance with our values. It will drain the life out of you. It'll drain your life expectancy in your current job out of you. And life's going to be just this boring thing. So determine what's most important, your values, and then think about where you want to go. What is your vision for your life? You may want to do the one-year vision exercise. The one-year vision is to make categories of your life. So you've got, you know, recreation, you've got your significant other, you've got your wellness and so forth. You've got categories. And then you say, where do you want to be one year from now? And just have that little state. You can, you can write it narrative. You can put bullets, whatever you want, and say, this is where I want to be one year from now at the start of the next year. And then you goal set back from those so you actually get there. And then you put those big rocks into your calendar. You take those actions. You literally put them into your calendar so that they get done. Because as you know, things that aren't in your calendar usually don't get done. So that is time managing according to your values. So we've got journaling, checking in with success partner, taking time for solitude, practicing good boundaries, trying something new, and prioritizing your time according to your values. Let's sneak in one more here. Maintain a rigorous program of personal and professional development. A rigorous program of personal and professional development. That's what this podcast is all about, to help you with that. This is where you rediscover your strengths, which I always encourage you to go to Strengths Finder or Clifton Strengths, which will help you come up by taking that little survey for 20 bucks. It's going to, you're able to capitalize on your strengths once you know what they are and manage around those weaknesses. And then you've got to get into your calendar every week, resources for growth. This could be magazines, uh, uh, trade magazines in your industry where you skim for topics. I literally rip out articles and I file them. This could be books. I told you I read uh, 40 to 50 books a year. And uh, I try to get the big thought from that and be able to pass that on to someone else. So it's not just reading to get to the number 50. It's like, oh, what can I do with this book? There are e-newsletters to subscribe to. There are blogs. There are websites where you can learn and go deep on a topic. 
follow some hashtags in social media. There are seminars to go to. Many of them have been webinars, uh, but that's cool, right? They just, they help you learn a new skill. Conferences, I know a lot of them have gone virtual. Hopefully we get back to those live this year. And uh, boy, there's just so many good things that happen at a conference because you get to network, you get to learn from the seminars, from the trade show, so many good stuff. Listen to more podcasts. I've got a whole list of them that I listen to. I probably have two dozen. If you want to know what they are, hit me up. I'd be happy to share those. I'm going to try to interview a lot of those hosts this year on the podcast. Or like I always have a, I always have a book on CD in the car. Those are actually harder to find nowadays, but uh, I'm listening to a podcast at the gym. I'm listening to an audio CD in the car. And then I've got the actual paperback book uh, or audible books when I am at home. So there's just a whole bunch of ways that you can choose to grow professionally or uh, personally for the year ahead. I'll throw in the other uh, two, even though I won't get to go deep on them, and that's get a coach or get a mentor. You're going to pick the brains of people who have it all together, or at least on the outside they do, uh, and, and be a thief of good ideas. Yes. So add that to them to your network and then give back to your community. We'll probably have to spend more time on this on another show, but volunteer for a cause that you're passionate about. Become more of an expert on one of those areas every year. And uh, I know it's going to just open your heart bigger. You're going to be more philanthropic. And of course, that's going to boomerang back onto you. All right. We're going to wrap up here in just a moment and uh, just sort of review what we have learned today. So stay tuned and then we'll wrap up. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel.